Welcome to the LHA Church Podcast. This is Jerry Galloway, and I'm the pastor of LHA Church. Thanks for joining us today. I pray this blesses you, strengthens your faith to know that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. Amen and amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, if you'll take them out and let's go together to Colossians. Colossians chapter 1, I want to tell you, if you want to grow in your faith, Colossians is a great, great book to tell you how to live the Christian life, to tell you what a believer ought to be like, what a believer ought to look like, helps us to know God's will for our lives. Colossians is a great, great book. I want to continue this week. Last week, we started the series Living on Full. I want to continue that Today, you know, Jesus made a pronouncement over your life and my life when he said in John 10 and verse 10, I've come that you may have life and you may have it to the full. Jesus was speaking prophetically concerning your life and mine that we might live a life that was full. Even though you and I were not even born yet, he spoke words of destiny. He spoke words of hope. And Jeremiah, the prophet empowered by the Holy Spirit, spoke the heart of the Father in Jeremiah 29, 11, when he said, I know the plan I have for you. Listen to me today. You may feel like your life has no value. You may feel like your life has no purpose. But I would tell you that before you were even born, the scripture says that God has plans for your life. And they're plans to bless you and to prosper you, to give you a hope, and to give you a future. This life that Jesus Christ promised is a life that is full. It's a life that is abundant. It's a life that is vibrant. It's a life that is incredible. It's a full life. By full life, we mean it's a complete life. It's a life that is whole and wholesome and healthy. It is a life worth living. This life, though we live it out on planet earth, cannot be sustained by anything found on this earth. And probably if I was to lay a premise down for today, it would be that statement. You won't find anything on this earth. You won't find a person, a possession. You won't find notoriety. You won't find anything that will give you the life you're looking for. This life we're talking about can only be found in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. The path to true life is in Jesus. It was Jesus who said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. If you want a life that will weather the storms, how many of y'all know life has some storms? How many of you know life has some troubles? Life has some difficulties. If you signed up for this thing and you thought, I'm going to live a life and, and there's never going to be any troubles, there's never going to be any trials, you are sadly going to be mistaken. This life is full of troubles. But I'll tell you something. When you get in the trouble, there's one who promised I'll go to the trouble with you. When life catches you in the fire, he says I'll go in the fire. When the floods of life come around, he says I'll be in the flood with you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. He said I'll even go with you all the way to the end. 
you want a life that will weather the storms, then Jesus is your man. If you want a life that will be here today and still be here when tomorrow comes, then Jesus is your answer. If you want a life that won't wear off, fade away, or leave you alone through all the trials of life, then trust in the words of John 10 and 10. My purpose, he said, is to give them a rich and a satisfying life. He's the author of life. He's the sustainer of life. He's the perpetuator of life. John spoke of him when he said in John 1, and, and, and I originally when I prepared for today, I didn't prepare to share this entire scripture, but last night as I was looking at the scripture, I just, I just felt I had to share this whole portion with you. John 1, verses 1 through 5, it says, In the beginning... The Word, when he talks about the Word, he's talking about Jesus. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him. Here's key words. And nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness. I love this part. And the darkness can never extinguish it. Isn't that a good word? Last week we spent some time describing this life that we find in Jesus Christ. And this week I want to take a few minutes and I want to talk about how to keep this life on full. This life is not something that you just happen upon. It's not something you mistakenly walk into. This is a life that is lived with intentionality. This morning, I want to talk to you about one of the key elements that enables us to live this incredible life we've been talking about in Jesus. You see, living, living this life is dependent on you and I making Jesus the Lord of our lives. It's about you and I bending our knee to the lordship of Jesus. You and I may want abundant life that is found in Christ, but until you and I are willing to make Jesus the Lord, and by that I mean submitting to his lordship, you and I will never experience the life he has purposed for you and I to live. Unless you and I get off the throne and let Jesus be on the throne in our lives, we'll never experience the life that John talked about. Unless you make him Lord of your life, you will continue to strive. You ever been striving before? You're doing everything you can, going nowhere. It's kind of like in the wintertime and the snow and you're in your car and you get on a patch of ice and, man, you can put the accelerator to the floor, but you're not going anywhere. We spend a lot of our lives striving, striving to be happy, striving to be successful, striving to be fulfilled in life, striving to get my life together, striving to get my marriage together, striving to get my family together, striving to get the church together, striving, striving, striving. Unless we make him Lord of our lives, we will continue to strive trying to live this abundant life 
but my friend, it will be a lesson in futility. When we speak of his lordship, it's important that we know what the scriptures say regarding him. And you probably thought I was never getting to the text, but we're getting there. Turn with me, Colossians chapter 1. When I was preparing this week, I told Paul, I said, I just want to talk about Jesus today. You know, I could tell you a lot of things. I could tell you, I could tell you, you know, the nine secrets to be happy. I could tell you five secrets to have a great marriage. I could tell you seven secrets to get your finances together. I could tell you all those things, but none of that matters if you don't have Jesus. Now, you're going to be quiet on me today. None of those things matter if you don't have Jesus. Colossians chapter 1, beginning in verse 15, the Son, talking about Jesus, the Son is the image of the invisible God. He is the firstborn over all creation, for in Him all things were created. He is reiterating John's words back in John's message in chapter 1 of John, for in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. Like this, he is before all things, and in him all things, somebody say all things, all things things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead so that in everything, there's a key word there, so that in everything, everything includes your life and my life, doesn't it? Everything includes the church, doesn't it? So that in everything, he might have supremacy. He might be Lord. This passage of Scripture is one that clearly answers the question of who Jesus Christ is. This morning, I want to take some time and walk through this passage and and look how it defines and, and how it declares who Jesus Christ is. The first thing that we find in the passage is this, and 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 we have to have this cemented in our spirits. Jesus is fully. God. If you don't get that, you won't get the rest of the book. Hmm. If you don't understand that concept, if you don't believe that concept, you will struggle throughout the rest of the word. It'll be irrelevant. It'll never match up. It'll never come to a place of consistency in your life. I once heard someone say, and I have, I have, I have rehearsed this so many times, but it is so good. He has many pretenders, but no parallels. He has many counterfeits, and yet no contenders. (laughs) There are many imposters, but there's only one Emmanuel, God, with us. You will notice the passage says that Jesus, the Son, is the image of the invisible God. It's the idea of a statue. When when we say Jesus is the image of God, he is more than just a superficial likeness. It's more than just a resemblance. When the scripture says that Jesus is the image of God, it means he is the exact 
replica of God the Father. He's the exact representation of God. Hebrews 1 and verse 3 says the Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of His being. John chapter 14, Jesus told the disciples that if you know me, then you know the Father also. Goes on to say, Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and it'll be enough for us. I wonder how Jesus remains so patient. Have you ever been talking and you were telling somebody something, and five minutes later they ask you what you just talked about? And you're like, Are you? Are you even listening? I think Jesus is that way because Philip says, Lord, show us the Father and it'll suffice us. It'll be enough for us. We'll settle the matter. Jesus says, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I've been among you for such a long time, Philip, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Jesus is the exact image of God the Father. If you've ever wondered what God the Father is like, look at Jesus. Have you ever wondered, is God loving? Look at Jesus. If you've ever wondered, is God capable of righteous indignation and anger? Jesus was capable of righteous anger. Does God care for me and the burdens that I carry in this life? Does Jesus Christ, when he says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest? Jesus, he reveals the Father to us. Every characteristic you've ever wondered about God is found in Christ because he is the image. He's the image of God. Verse 15 says, he is the firstborn over all creation. Now, the word firstborn, how many in this room, you're the firstborn in your family? Anybody in this room? Yeah. There's some special rights that come to you as firstborn. How many of y'all like being first? Come on. If we had a lunch afterwards, y'all be tearing down the doors to be first in line. At least Dennis McNutt would be. <laughs> we like being first. Just try this today. When you go to lunch and you're standing in line, just go up and get up at the front of the line. <laughs> I can't imagine a person being like, you know, we don't say anything first. We just look at everybody what is this? What do you think you're... I was here what? First. first. I was here first. And we know in the history of humanity, there is unique rank and there is special privilege given to the firstborn. I tell you today, you will never find a dearer friend. You will never find a more faithful savior. You will never find a more awesome revelation of Almighty God than what is found in Jesus Christ. He is unique. There is none like Him. He is the first. 
born. The second thing we find in the passage is this. Jesus is the creator. Verse 16, for in him all things were created. Jesus is the instrumentation that God used in creation. When you think of all the things that have been created, we're reminded that Jesus is the creator. When we look at science and we consider our knowledge of the world and the things around us and and how that scientists continue to be stumped by things in this world and they, they can't figure out why things work like they do. Can't figure out how something so incredible can be. When you read the Bible, it's very clear. His name is Jesus. My friend, the second person of the Trinity stood and spoke all creation to existence. Not only the things we can see, but the things you and I cannot see. Colossians 1 tells us he is distinctive and he is a creator. Notice in verse 16, for in him all things, somebody say all things, for in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. Everything in all creation exists because Jesus Christ is the creator. The sun continues to shine. Why? Because of him. Why does Saturn? You know, uh, I've been getting, for some reason, on my social media feed, I'm getting uh, these pages that are coming up, and they're, they're pictures of the Milky Way, and and they're pictures of the planets. And the other day they had one on there and it was Saturn. And, and it's so, so amazing the beauty and the majesty of that planet. Why does it exist? Because of Jesus. Why does it have rings? Because he said Saturn's going to have rings. Why does the ocean only come so far onto the land? Because of him. When you see the beautiful blue sky with incredible clouds, why? Because of Him. Why do you and I exist today? Because of Him. He's the creator of all things. Mankind often is filled with the thought that they don't need God. I can live this life without Him. He is an elective in my life. But Romans chapter 14 tells us, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee, there's an important word there, every knee will bow before me and every tongue will acknowledge God. Putin, Biden, every world leader will bow their knee to him. MSN, NBC, CBS, Fox News, every other news, they will all bow their knee and declare Jesus Christ is Lord. Every Hollywood star that has blasphemed his glorious name in their arrogance will one day bow their knee. Every person in the media that's mocked his name and his people will one day bow before him. Everyone acknowledging Jesus Christ is Lord. 
one day all of creation is going to stand before him and confess Jesus Christ is the Lord. Thirdly, this morning, the passage says he's the originator. He started it all. Verse 17 says, he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. If he is before all things, how many of you know then he's the owner of all things? Hmm. That means he's the owner of you and me. Whether we acknowledge it or not. If you're before all things, that means anything that exists does so because you created it. We understand that principle. We talked about it a minute ago about being first. Being first gives you a status. Being first makes us different from others. The scripture says before you or your parents or your grandparents or the endless list of people back to the beginning, the scripture says he was there. Now it doesn't say he was before all things, but it says in him all things hold together. Jesus Christ is the power behind every force in the universe. Why is there gravity? He is gravity. He is centrifugal force. He is the source of warmth we receive from the sun. He is the source of life. He is the source of the oxygen we need. He is the originator of hydrogen. He is the living water. He's the source of every living thing on this planet. The Bible says there is no life outside of him. He's the originator of salvation. Wasn't your idea. We didn't get up one day and say, I think I'm going to get saved. He's the originator of salvation. He's the originator of love. He's the one who started your walk with him. He's the one who started your future. He is my story. My faith is in him. My hope is in him. My healing is in him. He's the originator of the church. He's the power of the gospel. He's the good news before there was ever bad news. He was truth before there was ever a lie. He was hope before there was a hopeless situation. He was the answer before there was a problem. He is the originator of it all. He's the original. Many have claimed to be Christ, but he's the only one. He's the first one and the last one. He's the one in the beginning, and when time shall be no more, he will be the last. Number four, the scripture says he's the head. Verse 18, he is the head of the body, the church. He is the head. It's the focal part of the body, hearing. Imagine for a moment what your life might be like without the senses that come together as a result of your head. You're hearing, you're seeing, you're smelling, you're tasting, you're thinking, you're speaking, you're reasoning. Where Christ is not the head, there is no life. Just like the body without a head is simply a corpse, there's, there's no life. When Jesus stops, Lord help us. When Jesus stops being the head of the church, there is no church. I was reading this past week in Revelation and reading uh, the messages to the angels of the churches. And I, you know, over the years, I've, I have no idea how many times I've read through that. And I was reading, and all of a sudden, you know how it just like the page, the words off the page just 
jump out before you. To the church it said this, you have a reputation for being alive, but you are dead. When Jesus is not the head, we may have a reputation, but that's all we'll have. Wow. You know what? It really doesn't matter what I think is a good idea if Jesus doesn't think it's a good idea. We can sit in board meetings and we can talk and we can sit in committee meetings and we can talk and we can come up with great plans and great thoughts and great things for down the road. If Jesus is not in it, we don't have a plan. If Jesus is not in it, we don't have a church. We just got a social group gathering. It says he is the head. When Jesus stops being the head of the church, there is no church. How many times have we seen it in our world that when we get in charge of the church, the church gets in trouble? When Jesus, the head, is the head of the church, life fills its very being. Verse 18 says, it is this way so that in everything he might have supremacy. Let me tell you what, I may be the pastor, but I'm under the great shepherd. There's nobody here that's not under the good shepherd. It's not our church, it's his church. It's not my place, it's his place. Unless Christ has supremacy in our lives and in our church, we will not experience the incredible life that we were created to live as Jesus spoke of in John 10 and verse 10. The call of all of this, friends, is embracing Christ as Lord. Please hear me for the next few moments. He is not your ticket to good things. He's not a sugar daddy. He's not your winning lottery ticket. He is not your give you everything you want when you want it, how you want it. God. Jesus is Lord. Can you say that with me? Jesus is Lord. Say it one more time. Jesus is Lord. Much of the time we want what he offers, but we don't want to yield to his lordship. We have not chosen him to be the supreme in our lives. If you want the abundant life we talked about in John 10 and verse 10, it will only come. It will only come as you make Jesus the Lord of your life. He is not co-owners with you and I. He's the owner of it all. He must, it is an absolute, if you are going to experience the life you want in Christ, he must have the place of supremacy in your life. Amen. We've got to get off the throne. How many of y'all know we get on the throne pretty quick, don't we? We've got to get off the throne of our lives. Let Jesus take his rightful place. Hear me this morning. Jesus is Lord whether we acknowledge it or not. I 
Don't make him Lord. You don't make him Lord. He is Lord. I just choose to submit to his lordship. Now the challenge comes in in the fact that he has given us a free will. God will not make you and I go his way. He will allow you to disagree with his way. He'll allow you to walk your own path. But it won't stop him from being Lord. Remember the words in John 10, in verse 10. He said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. It's only found in Jesus. John 17 He said, now that you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Nothing in your life will ever make sense until this truth gets resolved in you. Nothing. You'll keep striving. You'll think, uh, I need some more money. I need another house. I need another relationship. I need another this. I need another that. If I get these things, everything will be together. If I just get more disciplined, if I can lose weight, if I can look younger, if I can grow hair, if I can uh, get rid of some of the hair, if I can get some new makeup, if I can get a new look, if I can get a new social status, if people will think I'm better, if, if I can get a new car. Nothing in your life will ever make sense until you make Jesus the Lord of your life. Jesus is the abundant life we're looking for. So what does it mean if Jesus is Lord? It means he's the ruler. It means he's sovereign. It means he's master. It means he's owner. How many of y'all know we have, one of the hardest things that we deal with is relinquishing control. How many of y'all in this room, you'll be real honest and don't forget this is church and this God knows and the people sitting by, you know. How many of y'all are control freaks? Come on. <laughs> Got to be your way, your time. Everybody else is wrong but you control. If I, if I don't have control, it makes me nervous. If I don't have control, it makes me irritable. If I don't have control, you might do the wrong thing. See, you're better if I'm in control. We're control freaks. That won't work. That won't work when it comes to Jesus. You've heard the phrase, it's been reiterated over the years, he's either Lord of all or not at all. 740 times in the New Testament, Jesus is referred to as Lord. How many times on this journey to find life, to find happiness, to find joy, to find peace, to find contentment? How many times do we think we know what the answer is? I declare to you today, it will never be found outside of Jesus Christ being the Lord of your life. No life outside of him. Everything else is imitation. Everything else is fake. 
Everything else is false. If you want the abundant life, and I think, I don't know anybody, I don't know anybody that wouldn't say, I want the kind of life that's described in John 10 and verse 10, a life that is abundant, a life that is full, a life that is satisfying, a life that is rich. If that's you, then Jesus, Jesus is the answer. How do I do that? In the beginning, you know, I was looking the other day. Lisa Plank had bought uh, some signs. And uh, I don't know if the last one left this week, but there was one left in the lobby. If it's not left, it's free. You can take it with you. But I love the message on it. It's very simple. It's the ABCs. How do I make Jesus the Lord of my life? You've got to accept the fact that we're all sinners. We're all born sinners. We have all, key word all, we've all broken God's laws. We've all sinned and fallen short of God's glorious plan for us. We've got to accept the fact we need a Savior. B, we've got to believe that Jesus died to pay the penalty for our sin. Jesus Christ came not to be a good man, a teacher, nor a prophet. Jesus Christ came to pay the payment for your sin and my sin so that you and I could be forgiven and have eternity in a place called heaven. C. Confess your sins to him. 1 John 1 and 9, when we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Romans 10 and verse 9, confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ, here's the word, is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, and you will be saved. That's how we make him Lord of our life. I'd like right now, while, while you're just seated there this morning and while you're watching online, I'd just like to take a minute today, and if you've not yet made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, I would like to lead you in a prayer. We're just going to pray through that A, B, C part. And uh, if you would just bow your heads this morning. Friend, if you don't know Jesus the Savior, if you've not made him the Lord of your life, it's not a hard thing. You don't have to give in the offering. You you don't have to work and, and do something. It's a free gift, the Bible says. If you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life, it's very simple. And I just want to lead you through a prayer this morning. If you're in the house this morning and you want that to happen, pray this prayer along with me. If you're online, pray this prayer along with me as we pray across this church today. Would you pray with me? Dear Lord Jesus, I accept the fact that I am a sinner and I need a Savior. I accept the fact that you came to this earth to die for my sin. I believe. I believe that you died on the cross for my sin. I believe you've done everything for me to have eternal life. Today I confess all of my sin to you. Forgive me, cleanse me, and wash me from all sin. I confess you are Lord. 
And I ask you today to make me your child. And I choose today to surrender my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with me around the house? Friends, if you prayed that prayer this morning here in this room or online, the good news is Jesus heard you. It's never a prayer we utter that he's not listening. The good news is you don't have to earn it. It's a free gift. You know, once we receive that free gift, and I would say probably the majority of us in this room have done so, I'll be honest with you, we still struggle with surrendering, don't we? We don't want to give up control. If you're in this place today, friend, and your marriage is in a place of real instability, if you've been trying to get your life together, it seems like you can't do it. One of the other messages in that first part of Revelation that I told you I was reading earlier was this. He said these words, go back and do what you did in the beginning. What did we do in the beginning? I make Jesus Lord of my life. He is Lord and I surrender to his Lordship. You know, it's easy to get off course. You know, one of the things that I find about flying an airplane is I can think often that I'm going on a very, very straight line. But I don't see the wind that's blowing me, and it doesn't have to blow real hard, and it doesn't take very long until I'm completely off course. There's equipment in the airplane that will keep me on the right line if I will just submit to it. You and I in this life, we started out on the right line, and things, troubles, cares, the worries of life, frustrations, difficulties, often have a way of getting us off the line. I'll tell you, there's a line we can get back on. It's not a hard one. It's just saying, Lord, I'm sorry I allowed myself to get off the line. Lord, I know you're leading me to the right path. I know abundant life that's full. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads one more time. Friend, if you've gotten off the line, I don't know what may have caused it, but you're not, your life with Christ is not what it used to be, not what it should be, and not what you set out for it to be. Today's a day to return. I want to pray a prayer over us all. And friend, today, right where you're at, if, if you need to get back on the line, if you need to get back in that place with Him, it's as simple as just coming back to Him. Scripture says, do what you did in the beginning. Talk to Him. Tell Him what you need. He'll respond. Father, I pray today for each of us in this room, including myself. Lord, it's so easy for the things of this life to get us off the right path. I pray today will be a day we'll return. Lord, would you forgive us? And I just want to say thank you for being patient with us when we get off the line. And I pray, God, today will be a day we'll go back and we'll start doing things we did in the beginning. 
focus on you. We'll believe that you're the answer for our life. You're the thing that can you're the thing that can resolve our marriage. You can resolve our relationships. You can resolve anything in our lives because you are Lord. So today we ask you, be the Lord of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. I want to encourage as many of you guys that can to sign up on the lobby. We'll see you Saturday at 830. We love y'all. God bless you. May the joy of the Lord always be your strength. God bless you.